Couples to our Apple Bryce podcast. I am Carrie, and alongside of me is my wonderful husband, Doyle. Hello. And in our podcast, we have open conversations with local vendors and wedding specialists with topics that will help you and inspire you to plan efficiently for your wedding day. Today, we are looking forward to having Spokane wedding photographer, Zach Nichols. Hello. Hello. So the Apple Brides podcast is coming to you from Spokane, located in beautiful Inland Northwest in Washington State, which we like to think is the perfect place for a perfect wedding. From beautiful mountaintop wedding venues to orchards, farms, waterfronts, wineries, and historic venues, there is something for every style. So come on over to the Inland Northwest and get yourself hitched. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, Zach Nichols. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, very excited to be here. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, honored you said yes. Yeah, so thanks <laughs> I, for I was coming. honored that you asked me, so yeah, <laughs> likewise. Yeah, I've followed you on Instagram for a long time, and I'm very, very um, uh, fascinated with your wildlife photography and your moody outdoor photography is super cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So when we were at Brides Night at Barrister, and I see Zach Nichols, I'm like, oh, no, I actually get to meet him? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> hanging out down in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So that's cool. Yeah. You do wedding photography. I do. It's like yep. the best of both worlds. Yep. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, the, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. Introduce yourself, sir. Oh yeah. Well, my, my name is uh, Zach Nichols. Um, so yeah, I am a wedding photographer. I also do travel and outdoor like landscape photography. Honestly, I do a little bit of everything, but um, I started off my career with like doing landscapes and like backpacking and outdoor stuff with friends. Um, and the person that actually got me into it was my wife. Uh, back when we were dating, um, she actually like had a camera and I used to love like going outdoors and doing stuff. But then, um, you know, she was like, Hey, like I got this camera. Do you want to go and like shoot sometime? And, uh, well, actually I got to go backtrack a little bit. She asked me if I wanted to go shooting sometime. And I was like, Oh man, this is super cool. Cause like, I finally found a girl who likes to shoot, you know, I grew up <laughs> shooting, so this is going to be super awesome. And so anyways, like I show up and I'm ready to go out and like shoot some guns. And my wife was like, uh, hey, we were going to shoot cameras. And I was like, <laughs> what? You don't call that shoot. That's taking photos. What are you talking about? So anyways, my wife was super cool. I was like, man, this is awesome. So we went out to took some photos around the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I ended up buying a camera and that's kind of what got me into photography. So that's cool. Yeah. Super fun. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So what got you into wedding photography specifically? Yeah, no, that's a good question actually. So, um, for weddings, I worked at Starbucks for a long time, um, before I was even like doing photography. And uh, when I first got a camera, one of my coworkers asked me, like, hey, like, I'm getting married down at the courthouse. We don't really know of anybody who could, like, capture our photos. Do you want to do that? And I was like, well, you know, I can try, but, like, I've really only done photos in the outdoors. So, like, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And, you know, I, I charge a little bit of money, definitely not much at all, because I was like, I don't really feel confident what I'm doing. Uh, and so I took those photos, um, and they turned out awesome. But uh, that was my first little taste of weddings. Um, and then I actually reached out to a few different wedding photographers in like Spokane afterwards. Cause I was like, maybe, you know, I want to do this. This is really fun. Um, and you can make some you know, money doing it too. That that's really cool. You know, being like a college student at the time, I was like, that, that could be really awesome. Um, and so I reached out to like four in the area, not a single one got back to me saying that like, Oh yeah, like I could have you as a second photographer or anything like that. So I was super bummed. You know, I did the, I didn't just do the one time thing. Like I reached out to him a second time, you know, to follow up like I normally do with, you know, any job. Um, and they didn't even, I think I had one person write back, like, we're not interested. Thanks for reaching out, you know, sort of a thing. Gotcha. Um, and then from there, it just kind of, I just kind of let it go for a few months. And then, um, randomly I got this inquiry from a guy out of Coeur d'Alene, um, called Brent Langa. 
Um, and he was actually like, hey, I saw your photos on Instagram. Would you be interested in like, uh, you know, second shooting for me maybe um, or assisting or anything like that? I'm just kind of looking for photographers in the area. Um, and so, you know, I was super excited and uh, I went and did weddings with him for a full summer. Um, I first started off like kind of assistant. He kind of tried me out at a couple of weddings as a like pseudo second photographer. There was another one there, but he just kind of had me snap photos here and there while I was um, at the wedding. And then he was like, hey, you know, I really think you did a great job. How would you actually like to second shoot for me? And so that's kind of how I got into it. I just second shot for an entire summer. I didn't do any of my own weddings um, oh, wow. starting off for that year. I think that I did about like 10 is what it was or something like that. Um, and then the next year I decided to kind of branch off and try it out for myself. Um, and it just kind of went crazy. I mean, the first year, like after um, second shooting for him, I booked 21 weddings Ooh. of my own. And so like he jokes, you know, like, oh, you went from zero to a hundred and it, it really was like, it was almost like zero to 200 cause I'd never done that before. So, um, and then from there, it's just continually kind of grown over the last, you know, five, six years. So, yeah, that's cool. Does a second shooter often edit? Do you do a lot of the edits too? Um, so no, as a second photographer, like it's awesome because, uh, you generally don't have to do any of the editing. So you can like show up, uh, you take the photos for the main photographer. And a lot of times, um, I think pretty much most times, but not all the time, uh, the second or the main photographer will allow you to like keep the photos from the wedding so you can use them in your portfolio. Um, so you're really only editing the ones that you want to edit for your portfolio. Um, but you do get like the full day experience, which I think we'll kind of dive in this question a little bit later, probably more too, but. Um, you do get like all that experience of like the wedding day too, which is super invaluable as somebody who's trying to learn. Um, and that's really awesome. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's interesting. Um, it seems to be a common thread in the photography community that they got a passion for photography and then got to shoot a second shoot at a wedding Mm -hmm. or got to shoot one for a family friend. And then they just absolutely loved it. And that's all they wanted to do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I like your backstory where it's like grinding till you get it. And then you actually did it and you loved it Mm -hmm. and it booked up for a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's definitely a a more of a unique story. And the more that I've talked to other photographers on like kind of how that worked. So it was definitely a bit of luck involved maybe, but yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, question of the day, tell us your photography style. Okay. All right. So, uh, it depends. Like, are you talking about the outdoor landscape or for weddings? I would say weddings. <laughs> okay. We'll, okay. We'll stick to yeah, weddings, yeah. but I, I, we want to nerd out with you at the oh, end. Yeah. yeah, they're they're incredibly different, so that's why I was yeah, just mentioning no, that. Yeah, smart. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so for weddings, um, I like to edit in a way that I call kind of like timeless um, and natural. So um, I don't really add any unique filters to it. You know, you, on Instagram, there's a lot of different stuff that you'll see. There's, you know, kind of the yellow, more warmer. Um, I like to kind of call it sepia sometimes just because it is a very like kind of a you know, throwback to that back in the, you know, the nineties, I think that was when it was a thing. Um, it kind of came back around. Um, and then you also have like a more desaturated, super contrasty that you see kind of on the West side of the state, um, very commonly. And then you also have like more of that, uh, pastel-y like bright vibe where it's like maybe a little bit overexposed sometimes. Um, so I just kind of like, I'm right in the middle. Um, I just try to edit just true to how it was. Um, yes, I bring out the colors a little bit. If it's a little bit more of a moody day, it's going to look a little bit more that way in the photos. But if it's a bright and sunny and warm day, then it's also going to be a little bit more warmer than, um, than other photos that I've taken. So I don't know if that really describes it. It it does. But yeah. Yeah. So, so in a, in a, um, like in a a few words, what would your style be? Uh, yeah, like timeless and natural. Timeless and natural. Yeah. So when I looked at some of the pictures that you've done, uh, on the natural part of it with in Mm -hmm. weddings. Do a lot of them come to you because of that? Like yeah. the location they're getting married in? Yeah, so okay. 
most couples that I um, that I work with, I think probably a good 90% of them hire me because of like that outdoor uh-huh. kind of focus. Um, not necessarily like the Instagram side of it, but they see like stuff on my website and they're like, wow, this is really cool. Um, you know, he's really great in the outdoors. And then they usually tend to see that like landscape side of it. And they're like, whoa, like we're eloping or we're getting married out in the outdoors. And he has this really great way of capturing like not only the couple well, but like the outdoors as well. Um, Cause that's kind of like one of the things that sets me apart is like, uh, not just capturing like the couple and kind of like blowing out the background to where you can't really see what's going on or like the beautiful setting. Um, and then on the same time, like not just getting the setting in the background and having like a tiny couple in the photo. Yeah. It's definitely like a huge balancing act. So, so um, yeah, just looking, just, I'm with Carrie. When I was looking at your photos, there was some, it was something, um, well, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go check out Zach Nichols photography on, on the internet and we'll get to exactly where to find that later. But, um, the, the photos are very dynamic and mm. there's like a uh, artistic touch to it or a flair. Is that maybe the right word? Um, anyway, and it always has this, I don't know if whimsical is the right word, but like this flowing outdoor, you can almost tell like it was windy that day and you worked with it. Mm-hmm. Or um, the other one I saw was out in the woods for an elopement and um, you framed it up in the trees just right. It was, it's pretty cool. Like tying in landscape with landscape photography with wedding photography. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's like two passions coming together. It's really cool. Yeah. 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 I think that being into landscapes initially is kind of what allowed me to do that the best. You know, I really got to like practice the outdoor landscape and then combining couples just kind of became like secondary nature. The best of both worlds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) So talk to us about elopements and how you do outdoor elopement photography. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so outdoor elopements usually start with clients that will see my work online, um, kind of like we mentioned with the whole website thing. Um, they'll approach me and say, hey, like we really want to get photos, um, like these types of photos. Like for instance, I had one recently that was like, hey, I really want to go and get like the really the larch season, like the golden larches. You know, I don't really know exactly where I want to go, but I want that maybe some sort of lake or something like that in the background as an option. Uh, and so that's kind of how a lot of clients will start off is like, maybe they'll have an idea, but generally speaking, they'll be like, this is kind of what I want. Or maybe this is the area that I want it in. Like, give me your expertise of like, Cause you where know should what, I go? Where they need to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've, you know, I do a lot of hiking in the Pacific Northwest and things like that. I've seen a lot of places. And if I haven't been there generally, like I would have seen them like on Instagram or something like that. So I can send them, you know, photos and be like, Hey, like check this place out. I've always wanted to go there, but I haven't been able to find a couple yet who wants to go do that or hike yeah. in or do whatever. Um, so usually that's kind of how it starts. And then I'll, you know, sit down with them and talk to them about, you know, how crazy do you guys want to be? Do you want to, you know, hike 11 miles in to this crazy place? Or do you just want to go kind of roadside, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of it usually depends on like whether they have guests or not and things yeah. like that. Cause there's a lot of moving parts with elopements. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so talk to me about elopements. Like, um, maybe people that are listening to this podcast is going to change their mind about getting a wedding and Oh, yeah. Eloping. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, I mean, eloping definitely isn't for everybody. Um, I think that it's great for those couples who really want it to be just more uh, like intimate, you know, like elopements. Like my wife and I eloped um, and we just had like immediate family and that was all we had, you know. Oh, okay. um, and so like that worked really well for us. That's what we wanted. Um, but like those for those people who do really want to have like everybody, you know, that they know for like a good party and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, then, you know, an elopement doesn't quite fit that bill quite as much. Um, there's a lot of like hybrid options too with elopements where like I've had couples where they'll do the ceremony as an elopement and then they'll go back to a reception where all their friends and family are there. Um, and so instead of like kind of spending money on, 
you know, maybe a venue or something like that for a ceremony or, or things like that, they'll kind of pare it down and just do like an elopement, um, like kind of more intimate with like close, like maybe just the two of them and like two friends or something or like just immediate family members and then they'll go back later on. And it could even be a different day too, you know, they don't have to do it on the same day. So some couples will say, you know, like I'll do like the ceremony and then tomorrow we'll have, you know, the reception with everybody or maybe we'll push it out a couple months or, you know, whatever. So it's just kind of up to the couple what they want to do. So Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's Very like cool. going to the courthouse outside. Yeah, I do that a lot too, actually, where they'll, they're you know, like, you know, we just want to do the courthouse and then we're going to go and have dinner with all of our family members or, you know, they, they rent a, a, a cheaper place to be able to like kind of celebrate with family and friends, um, but not spending a ton of money, you know, so it just kind of depends on what every couple wants, you know, so. I've been asked how you get good photos, not necessarily you, but in general, a photographer can get good photos in the courthouse. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, the trick is doing it outside the courthouse. Gotcha. So yeah, a lot of like, uh, people don't know that you can do that. And so like almost all the couples that I meet with who want to do a courthouse wedding, I'm like, let's do it outside. You know, even if it's like October or like earlier in the spring when it's still kind of cold, uh, you know, usually the ceremony with at the courthouse is only like 15, 20 minutes long anyway. So even if it is sprinkling and you have umbrellas, like I think it looks way better outside than it does inside. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So the legal uh, person or the official that the official, it wouldn't be an efficient, but the person yeah. making it legal, they'd come outside too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's an option. So pretty much all the time. Um, I have had a couple of those people that said that like they don't, but I always encourage the couple to say, Hey, like my photographer said that you guys <laughs> do. And they're like, well, okay, like I'll do it, you know, but I've never had, I've never officially had one indoors where they said, no, we can't. But I have had a few of them that were like, I think they just were like, hey, it's cold. I don't really want to go outside, you know. But yeah. then when the couple asked really like, hey, can you please do this? It would really mean a lot to us. Then, you know, they were like, oh, OK, well, like I'll do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any of those pictures on your site? Or I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I do have a few of them. So okay. sweet. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it. That's a, that's a really good insight, to be honest. Like that's something I never thought of. And um, any government uh, location, <laughs> the lighting's horrible. Yeah, and you're yeah, the indoors, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're not going to get lighting through security. No, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely difficult getting anything through there. But, I know. Um, like, you could definitely bring, like, a little flash or something. But, again, depending on the judge, they, you know, uh, they're like, hey, no flashes inside or things like that. It really just depends on who mm. you get. So, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Wow, that, that alone is, uh, wow, that's really cool. I'm impressed. I never knew that you could actually request to do an outside wedding at the courthouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely a game changer. So yeah. it's cool. It's awesome. What's your favorite outdoor elopement that you've ever done? Oh man. Uh, that's kind of difficult actually. Um, I think that my favorite, and this is probably going to be super unoriginal actually, uh, <laughs> so far was like at Lake Diablo. There's like this overlook that pretty much I feel like every person uses like for, for that sort of thing. Um, but I've had a few couples there where, the timing like fits so well with like the mood of it. Like it was kind of like a rainier day, um, for like this one specific couple. And it was crazy because it didn't rain. Well, it rained before they got there. And then when they showed up, it wasn't raining at all, but you still had like the crazy, like misty background and you could still see the lake and everything like that. And so it was like, you know, I could combine that like really moody Pacific Northwest photography with like that epic location and couple. And that couple was awesome because, you know, not every couple is the same in that like this couple was literally like, just tell us what to do and we're going to do it. We want it like 
the best photos. And so if you want us to like climb up this rock and then do that, like we'll do it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Cause there's definitely cool. some people, you know, out there and I understand not, it's definitely not for everybody when it's raining. Um, but where they're like, oh, I don't really want to get my dress wet. I don't really want to get my hair wet. Like that sort of thing, you know, um, even for elopements where it is a little bit more raw, you know, in that sense, you, you don't really have a lot of like options if it is raining. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely like the couples who are like, let's just, we just want like amazing photos, you know, then, then they generally do get those amazing, incredible shots. So that's yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, um, on your website, you, you state that your photos are timeless and unique, um, and that timeless and unique photos have the power to bring back memories and elicit feelings years after they were originally taken. So how do, how do you make this special and unique to you and your style? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So, um, tying the two together, I guess that, you know, um, when it's like that timeless thing, I'm just gonna, I guess I'll kind of break it down maybe by the wording. Um, so timeless meaning like regardless of, and that's kind of more towards the style, like whenever they look at them, they're going to think that they're beautiful. Uh, you know, I've been around long enough to see styles change like constantly, like in the photography world. Um, like if you look back five years when I started, uh, you know, the whole like really warm editing style wasn't mm -hmm. really common back then. Um, like it was starting to become a thing, but it wasn't like it is today where you see it just all over Instagram, you know, that sort of a thing. Um, and I'm kind of specifically referencing Instagram because that's really easy to kind of see how. What do you mean changing. by warm? Just because I'm not a photographer. So, so, um, so like the warmer tones are going to be like where like, like their skin tones, like look extra yellow, like they look extra tan and like just generally the photo is a lot warmer, like okay. yellow, I guess would be the best term if you're like not a photographer, like it, uh, totally okay. fine. But, um, like kind of like like similar to the image behind you guys, like where it's it's very yellow. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with different styles. I want to preface that for mm -hmm. sure because like everybody has their own style, but um, that wasn't really a huge style back then when I first started. Um, it was definitely more of like the desaturated, like moody thing was yeah. the most common in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I definitely wouldn't say that that isn't like a beautiful style and that couples, you know, I can't assume that they don't like their photos anymore, but I think that when couples look at like a timeless natural edit, they're going to, you know, regardless of what's in style at the time, they're going to be like, wow, these are beautiful. Um, you that know, I don't, sense. I don't know always like whether, you know, like for instance, let's go back to like maybe the nineties before I was a photographer, like black and white was a super big thing. Like, I think there was some edits, like our photos that were edited back then where it was like almost exclusively black and white. Yeah. And do you think that like couples today that had those are going to be like, oh man, I still love those images. I really like, I'm glad that they weren't, uh, you know, photo edited to be like colorful, you know, mm -hmm. or like they didn't have any color to them. Um, I can't answer that for those couples, obviously, sure. but I do think that, you know, having the color in there and not really having that, the style in that way, um, can definitely be a benefit to some couples. And a lot of people hired me for that reason. So sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a good question. So does your passion for travel and outdoor photography influence your work as a wedding photographer? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, from, like I said, like, you know, choosing cool locations if couples want to go and get crazy and elope somewhere, you know, um, to literally just kind of like honing in my style or, um, gaining expertise in certain lighting. Uh, I think it really does like influence me a lot. Um, I think like one of the biggest things is that lighting, uh, like we kind of talked about, like I've seen, um, you know, some photos that people take in like forests when it's really dark and moody and things like that. And they struggle to kind of find like, where's the light coming from? How do I light my subject? Well, you know, that sort of thing without being like super high, like if we're getting photography, like related, like super high ISO where it's super grainy. Um, you know, I think that like having more experience in the outdoors, like I've really noticed little things that people don't generally notice if they've never done that before. 
uh, from like a photography standpoint, it gives me a lot more expertise on like, where's the lighting coming from? How do I get beautiful photos regardless of like the scenario or situation as far as lighting goes or, or um, you know, even the setting, like if it's raining, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. This is off topic, but what's your, uh, you guys, you've been married, obviously you're married. Mm -hmm. So like, did you, how did you choose a photographer? How does a photographer choose a photographer for their wedding? Yeah, no, that's a good uh, question, actually. Um, so I got kind of lucky that I was able to uh, hire, like, my friend that kind of trained me and brought me up, like, Brent Lianga. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was available and willing to, like, work with us and do that. Uh, the biggest thing that I wanted was to be able to get, like, the raw files to the images um, because as a photographer, I wanted to be able to edit those. Uh, that's not to say that, like, he wouldn't do a great job or anything like that, but I just like to be able to have that creative control. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the That's things that I cool. looked into. Yeah. You're able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not every photographer really does that. Mm -hmm. So it just really depends. But um, I think from like a client standpoint, um, I do have a lot of couples or I have had a few, I should say, over the years that do ask for raw files. Um, but generally speaking, like photographers don't really give those out. It's just kind of a photographer to photographer trade um, that they're willing to do that. And not every photographer is willing to do right. that either. So, yeah. Yeah. So what should a bride have prepared for you before calling you for a consultation? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Actually, I, I um, was thinking about that the other day because I, I like have couples all the time where they just like show up with nothing and they're like, this is our date. And I'm like, all right, you know, like that's what they have. Um, and I think that that's totally fine. Like, I don't think that brides need to come like with all of the answers to everything to like a consultation. Um, you know, I think that the bare minimals that they need to come with is like, hey, you know, I looked at your photos in your portfolio and I love it. Like, that's the first thing they should really like. Because they want your style. Is, yeah, you yeah. know, like first and foremost, um, you know, if you look at somebody's photography and you're like, ah, they're good, but like, I kind of want this style. Like, in general, I'd recommend for couples never to come to a photographer and ask them to change their style. Mm -hmm. Like, I get that, like a couple's, there's a few couples every year that'll be like, hey, we really like your photography, but can you edit to be like more moody or more like yellow, you know, that sort gotcha. of thing, like warmer. And, and I tell them, you know, like my style is my style. And I like, yes, you know, like if I'm being honest, I can edit that way. Like I edit all kinds of different styles and stuff like that for my own or, or for other people sometimes, but like for a whole wedding, you know, like I really want them to like my style and for me to change that would be, you know, really drastic. And a lot of times it's not really possible. Um, like for instance, with the dark and moody, uh, I have couples ask me that and I'm like, Hey, if you're getting married on, you know, July 4th, where it's like super sunny and just beautiful, like I can't change that to make it look, you know, moody and rainy, you know, that is just yep. not possible. Right. Um, and so that's like a conversation that like, I don't necessarily like to have too much. Uh, but I think that that's the biggest thing is like when couples are coming in, they need to know that they really love your style and that obviously like the price fits. Um, I think that there's like definitely something to be said about photographers, like being forward with their pricing and stuff, because I do know that a lot of people, um, aren't necessarily the most forward until they get to that consultation. Um, and personally, like I have my prices on my website because like, that's another thing I want people to be able to kind of like know what they're getting before they even meet with me. Right. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, um, it might be smart to point out that when someone has a style, their gear revolves around that, like different brands shoot different color profiles, um, by nature, uh, brands of cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, there's filters that you can get that help in the final, uh, product a, a photographer is not going to want to edit every single photo at the end of a wedding they, they get touched up etc but um yeah the style of a photographer matters mm -hmm. it really does 
And yeah. when you when you try and alter that with the gear that you have to do your style, and then change it up for the editing later, it can mess everything up. I mean, yeah. it can at the end of the day, it can actually ruin a wedding yeah. photo set. It's true. Yeah. I mean, like when I'm you know shooting photos uh, of couples, when it is like, you know, kind of like a moodier angle or like more of a trying to think of like what the right term is like there's definitely a lot of ways to take more of a contrasty photo let's put it that way where like right. their skin tones are really bright compared to the forest in the background mm -hmm. um but if i'm you know photographing weddings that way it's completely different than how i edit or how i take photos when i'm shooting on like a really beautiful like sunny day which is most of my couples and sure you know so it's just like completely different and so if i'm wanting to edit it to be more moody in the end it has to be taken initially in a way that's like that um, so it's achievable. Yeah, there's only so much editing that you can realistically do to make you know an image look the way that you kind of want it to. Yeah. So you can't really like tweak a, an image later on to make it look just how you want if you didn't take it right in the first place. So that's the um, art. Yes, yeah, and true. it doesn't look right either, in my opinion, when a, like you try to force it to be moody when it wasn't that way. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. You know, like if you're in the desert getting married in the desert and you try to make it a moody. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like really weird. Turn it blue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. no. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know exactly. So, um, but yeah, kind of getting like bringing that back into like how, like what couples should bring to like their, you know, to the wedding photographer, like I guess the consultation, um, you know, really that's kind of it is like, they just need to know that like it hits the price point that they're looking for. At least it's within reason and that they really, really like their style first and foremost. Um, I think that personally, like I understand that like there's budgets and stuff that people need to kind of fit. But if like a photographer that they absolutely love is like $500 more than another photographer that they're kind of okay about, like I really think that they should dive into that a little bit more and kind of go with or like lean towards or be open to that photographer that might be a little bit more expensive. Because uh, at the end of the day, you really are just kind of left with photos from your wedding and, you know, to remember it by. And so, mm -hmm. you know, as somebody's portfolio, I always tell couples this, like if you're not absolutely positively in love with their portfolio, move on. Because like, if you're just okay with it, then like that photographer is probably not for you. Like maybe they are, but generally not because like a portfolio for a photographer is like a compilation of their absolute best work. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Well said. And so that's, that's, that's why I think that people really need to dive into that more. So yeah. And, um, that could be the segue also is to get to know your photographer before you hire. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't get along with everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. there's people that, that we just, our personalities clash or whatever. And it is really hard to get a camera in front of those kind of people. And, um, but it's easier for the right kind of photographer. So, I mean, I think we're going to get into that here in a couple minutes, but what are your thoughts as far as preparing, um, you know, getting to know you first to make sure that that gels? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's a good point. So, um, I actually just wrote a blog on this too, which oh, is cool. kind of funny that you mentioned it, but like, I really think that it is also important for them to kind of gel with their photographer. I don't think it's of the utmost importance, but I do think that when they're meeting with them, they definitely shouldn't be like, oh, wow, like, you know, that person talked about themselves the whole time. I really want to be around that on my wedding day, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> or like, wow, they were so obnoxious. Or on the flip side, like they didn't say anything and that was a really hard conversation to carry on. Yeah. You know, like I felt like I was asking them questions and the photographer was just kind of like, not responsive, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's really kind of a balance. You know, I, like I said, I don't think you need to be best friends with that photographer by the end of your wedding day. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd love it if that was always the case, but like, I really do think since you're spending so much time around them on your like most special day that you should at least be able to like, you know, have good conversation with them and, you know, feel like, you know, they're not just like super awkward or obnoxious, you know? Yeah. So definitely a part of it, a key aspect. So, yeah. 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 I mean, you are going to be involved in 
the bride getting ready and the groom getting ready up in yep. their face, right? Well, it's happening. Yep. Otherwise, it's a missed opportunity. But I th- feel like if you're really comfortable with your your the style of your photographer, I feel like there's a trust there mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where yeah. you don't have to necessarily, that doesn't have to be a worry. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that like kind of like a portfolio when people are meeting with you for Mm -hmm. a consultation, you shouldn't be like, oh, well, I guess I can tolerate them. You know, it's kind of some of that portfolio where it's like, you don't have to love them in this instance, but like you should be able to, you know, you shouldn't be like, wow, that was about the most like annoying conversation (laughs) I think I've ever had. What's the consultations like for you? Um, Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, no, it's, I, I kind of follow like not the exact same thing every time, but like the biggest thing is like, I want to get to know my couples. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like I do get couples every like every year where they just you know they'll write me, um, and then without even meeting me they'll like you know either book somebody else or they'll just be like you know like I want to book with you or whatever. And I always want to meet with my couples because I think it's such a big deal not only for me to get to know them but then also for them to get to know me. Um, so when I sit down with couples, I'm always asking them about like what their story is, what their you know give me some background information on like everything like you guys, you know, first and foremost, like, I don't just want to jump down to start off with business and be like, all right, so tell me like, what's your budget and all this sort of stuff. Like, (laughs) like, no, I'm not, it's not a transactional thing. Like it's definitely very relational. And so I like to get to know my couples and feel really like comfortable with them and, you know, be, get excited about, you know, photographing their wedding and seeing what their vision is. Um, and then from there we'll kind of get into the more, you know, like, how can I, you know, what are you looking for in your wedding day? And like, how can I fit that? Or can I like, you know, adjust my packages to kind of fit what you're looking for? Um, you know, that kind of thing. So definitely like getting to know people first and then the, you know, the details of their wedding day kind of later on. So, and then I usually follow up at the end, like, you know, how can I help you finding other vendors in the area? Uh, because I think as a photographer, um, there's a lot of vendors out there that are really hard to pin down and nail down of like, are these going to be like good, you know, good people or not as far as like what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, a DJ I think is one of the hardest people to pin down because, um, you know, other than like showing you a playlist or meeting with you in person, you don't really get a good vibe of what they're going to be like on the night of. And like anybody can sit, you know, across the table from a couple people and have a good conversation, seem like a really awesome guy and, you know, write down a playlist that's going to suit your night. But then when it comes to actually like getting people out on the dance floor and being great, like, you know, announcing things and working with the other vendors, that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. So I like to help my couples out with things like that and just kind of provide to be like kind of a resource, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so we talked about your style, so how do you take advantage of a couple's unique style? Yeah, um, I guess that kind of gets into like when I'm doing the consultation, kind of asking what their vision for their wedding is. Um, you know, I think a lot of couples, when they come into the consultation, like I said, they looked at my portfolio. And so their style is very in tune with mine. And that's kind of why they're choosing me. So I don't really think there's a lot of like change there when they're talking to me. But I definitely ask couples like, do you have any specifics of what you want captured or like what's kind of your idea for your wedding? Um, I think it's pretty uncommon for me to have a couple that has a different like view of what they want than what I kind of already do. And so, you know, as far as that answer, like it's just kind of, you know, whatever, whatever they want, I want to know their vision, but at the same time, their vision usually aligns pretty closely to what I kind of like envision too. So smart. I almost feel like I made that a trick question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that, that seems so simple, but at the same time, maybe it's not. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean it that way, but it, it, it's just like you do have a very unique style that that's going to capture the attention of the right people, but then everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. The subject's always different. So, yeah, anyway, no, that's definitely. that's a good point. Like, if they look at your portfolio, they're, they're pretty much already, you're going to mm-hmm. be able to shoot their style. Yeah. 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 I think that the few times that the styles don't align is when I'm 
when I have to have that conversation and I have to backtrack and say, Hey, like, did you guys look at my portfolio? Like, because yeah. like, I don't feel like, that saves you so know, much time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty rare, but like I have had couples before where they, they just didn't look at my portfolio for whatever reason, or maybe they looked at like one cover image or something just to kind of be like, Oh, that's a cool photo. You know? And so like with couples, I'm like, let's dive into portfolio and I'll also give you full weddings. Like, like here's a full wedding day for you to look at because I want you to love my style through the entire day. Yeah. Um, and like I said, when that, when our styles don't align, then that's usually when I backtrack and I'm like, let's make sure that you like my portfolio first, you know? Yeah, so, totally. So yep. like uh, outdoors, things like that, I, I totally get that. And I'm sure anyone listening is already understanding that. What happens when it goes indoors and now it's the party? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So yeah, my portfolio is geared mainly towards like outdoor photography, but I do a lot of weddings um, every year at like the Davenport and like, you know, those indoor like Glover Mansion, like not just the ones that are like indoors, but also very dark and very different as far as like the style goes. So um, with those, I do have those on my portfolio. I do that like every year. Um, but I think that's a lot of times where the couples are, and for good reason, like a little bit more hesitant on booking a photographer because they're like, hey, I really want to see like what you got, you know, because like the indoor stuff can be really hit or miss. Yeah. Um, and so what I usually do with, with those couples is kind of a similar thing. They see my portfolio, but I really dive into those like full wedding days and I show them like start to finish. Here's a Davenport wedding. Like you're getting married at Davenport. Let's look at like three or four different galleries of couples who have gotten married there. So you can look at my style throughout the entire day and see how I handle those low light situations. Um, cause there are a lot of photographers that I've seen where like, um, I'm absolutely not bashing on natural light photographers, but if you're a natural light photographer, you know, shooting with a zoom lens, you know, you're not going to be able to go into the Davenport and have a very fun time. No, you know, that's just how rough. it is. Yeah. Especially at the reception where, you know, I actually did this, uh, I'm planning on like a future blog post on this because I think that it's really important for couples. Um, you know, I took, I took photos at this last wedding at Davenport and I was shooting, um, and this is like photographer terms, but like at like 6,400 ISO and that was even at like 1.8. So like for, for couples out there, like that's going to be a photo that just doesn't look very like good. It looks really grainy. It kind of looks like somebody threw sand on the photo. Like that's what grain is. You know, it doesn't really look incredibly sharp. It's a little bit blurry. Maybe sometimes it's definitely not what most people would want for their wedding day, you know? And so, um, in those situations, like I use flash, um, you know, to kind of light up the room, but my, the flash that I use, like has a very natural look. It's not kind of like the Polaroid, like flash in your face. Uh, it just has a really beautiful look, almost as if there were big windows in that ballroom at that time with natural light coming in. Mm. Um, and so that's why I want couples to see that because they're looking at photographers that do that like Polaroid flash or don't even do flash at all. Right. And so then they can see and compare like the two. So yeah. Yeah. That's okay. A good question. So um, just to just to put some perspective on what you just said about 1.8 aperture at 6400 ISO. Yeah. Um, when you get up into the well, I'd say 1800s, you're creeping up on green mm -hmm. and a really expensive camera will help a lot. Okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about a 1.8 lens. That's a typically a $3,000 investment, um, 2,500 to $3,000 investment. So if you think photographers are expensive, you're getting the gear that gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, it's part of the investment. It is. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, a lot of my gear, like it definitely adds up. Um, you know, there's like this whole kind of like thing that I see a lot where people are saying like, you know, I charge a lot of money for my gear, <laughs> but that's, it's definitely like more like of an expertise thing as well, because Absolutely. you know, like, so when I'm using flash and stuff indoors, um, you know, I'm usually shooting like ISO maybe 800 or a thousand. So like I could have a lot cheaper of a camera if I wanted to, 
and be able to take great photos. And so that's kind of where that expertise side of it comes in. Like gear is definitely a big thing, um, but I definitely, you know, like I think there's a point to getting the gear that's going to get you the photos that you need. Yeah. And, um, but I'm a huge proponent of like not spending insane amount, like insane amount of money on like camera gear and stuff that I don't, that's not going to get me any better quality. Right. You know, that's the thing. So, but yeah, um, I definitely, that's like a part of it in, yeah. in everything. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Exciting. Good stuff there. How many lenses do you bring to a wedding? Uh, actually only two, sometimes okay. three. Wow. So I'm very unusual in that way. Um, I like a long story short, I actually owned, um, and this is absolutely not bringing it anyway. Uh, but I actually like had all the lenses for prime. So for weddings, I only shoot prime lenses just because of like the low light capability of it. I just think it's second to none. Yes. Be like having like the zoom lenses can be super nice. Um, but it's also a style thing too. Like I shoot wide open like the entire day. Um, and so for couples that are like, what does wide open mean? Um, it means it's going to like blur more of the foreground and blur more of the background. Um, it really kind of tends to focus on the couple. Um, and then it also allows you to get way better quality images when you do have low light, just because you have the ability to, um, kind of like take photos a little bit differently with that lens that, um, people with the zoom lens don't have access to. So, um, I used to own like the prime lenses from literally a 24 millimeter all the way up to a 135. So that was Jeez. probably like, I think it's six lenses, seven lenses, yeah. something like that. I used to take all those to weddings. Um, but then over time I found that I really gravitated towards two. Uh, and that was a 50 millimeter and a 105 for cameras or for photographers out there. Um, the 105 that I have absolutely gorgeous. It's an amazing lens. It's gigantic. It's huge. Um, it's the Sigma art, like 105. Oh yeah. You've probably seen it before, but it's like, I have couples all the time are like, Oh my gosh. Like that's a huge like, you know, <laughs> lens. It's kind of intimidating. Um, but man, it takes the most beautiful photos. And so, uh, that's what I do. And then I have the 50 millimeter, which is just kind of the classic. Um, I found that like those focal lengths like are great in no matter what situation I'm in, like it can be a tight space, you know, and I hear that from a lot of photographers, like, why, why don't you have 24 or 35? Like if you're in a small room, what are you going to do? But, you know, I photograph probably like over 200 weddings to date, you know, and, and I've never had an issue where I'm like, wow, I don't have space, <laughs> you know, like I can move around I, if I need to, I can move the couple around or, you know, whatever I need to do um, to kind of adjust for that. Never had an issue. Uh, and then on the flip side, the 105 is zoomed in enough during the ceremony where I'm not having to stand like in front of people to get the photos. I can still kind of be off to the sides and kind of uh, be more of a satellite versus like, you know, being like in the, in the cut, like in people's space. So, so do you have two cameras, uh, lensed up? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's, that's the whole reason why I kind of had two. is just like, I have two camera bodies, I have two lenses, so I don't really have to swap out lenses all the time. That was another thing at weddings I got really tired of is, you know, like, Oh, well, I think I'm going to throw on my 135 right now. And then, you know, later on, I'm like going to put on the 105. I'm like, man, it, the difference is pretty minimal. And like all the movement and stuff of swapping out lenses, you know, getting dust on my camera sensors during the day. It's like when I have a camera that I can just like leave the lens on the entire day, it's awesome. And yeah. I also don't have to worry about leaving, you know, gear behind somewhere, mm. you oh know, boy. cause you know, theft is a thing. And yeah. so like, it's nice to not have to worry about like somebody stealing stuff. It's like, Oh, if they take my Pelican case, there's nothing in it. Like, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Do you ever miss opportunities when you're, when you have too much and you're trying to switch out? Oh yeah. Do you ever miss opportunities? Yeah. So, okay. so I used to have like a satchel that I'd carry on me too, along with my cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a huge thing. Cause you know, you're like rummaging around in your satchel, like trying to like swap a lens out and then like there's this moment going on that's just like one of those candid things that you can't recreate it's like well you know i just had my lens off of my camera so i couldn't i can't do anything like i'm literally you Defeated. know like yeah exactly it's like well that that's a bummer yeah um you know like never something like a first kiss or something like that because you should just have your camera like ready to go at that point but you know like little candid moments here or there because those sort of things just go so quick you yeah. know 
and that's where like, you know, having your lenses on there and ready to go. And then, um, I'm a huge fan of mirrorless cameras, but like having a mirrorless camera, like I'm super opinion on that, like allows you to capture those moments without missing them. Um, just because the technology there is just so like vastly different, but hmm. yeah, it's good insights. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Boy, I could go on it for hours about gear. Oh, I know, I know. I was, I was kind fun. of dating that a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I know he wants to ask questions, but <laughs> it's all good. Well, like I'm a, um, I, I don't, I don't shoot weddings, but when I shoot, I'm always trying to be like the Swiss Army knife. So I have like massive range lenses, and even then, I got to swap them out because there's specific things. But I'm never in a once in a lifetime opportunity that you can't miss a moment. Yeah. I can always go and recreate the situation, whatever. Um, so I guess just pointing out that when you're shopping for a photographer, it never hurts to ask, like, um, but how, how do you operate during the wedding? What can I expect for the, for the five major events at the wedding? Like, how, how, how are you going to be ready? It, it's fair for you to ask your photographer that. Yeah, I think um, for weddings, like uh, the most important thing that I, if you're asking about gear, because I don't really expect most couples to know much about photography. Right. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if they're going to ask any question, is like, how do you keep your images safe? Like, I think that's the biggest oh, thing big that time. I ran into. Um, so, like, being on Instagram a little bit, like, I've had the opportunity of like doing uh, polls and things like that and kind of testing other photographers and being like, what do you think, like, backing up your photos and keeping them safe means? And I've actually found out, like, from even a lot of my friends uh, on the platform, like, um, probably, like, 90% of photographers don't actually keep their photos safe, which is, sounds super crazy, but it's completely true. Um, and so you want somebody that has, like, those, the, like, the two camera bodies for sure, like, at a minimum. I think some people maybe go a little bit over the top. I've heard some people that carry, like, four camera bodies in case, <laughs> like, two of them break randomly at a wedding or something. But, you know, at a minimum, too, just because, like, if one camera breaks or one lens breaks, like, what are they going to do? You know, yeah. they need to be able to take photos, you know, and continue on with the wedding day and not come to you and be like, Hey, my camera broke. I, you know, I'm out. See ya. You know, like, aye, aye, like aye. especially if you're spending thousands of dollars on a photographer, that's insane. So, um, I think the two camera body thing is a must. And then I think also like having a photographer who like has two camera slots on their camera for getting kind of like a little bit more specific that yeah. are backing each other up is huge. Um, I mean, I meet photographers all the time, like wedding photographers in person where they're using like they they have two cameras, but one of them is like an overflow. So what that means to like couples is like, when one camera card like fills up with the memory, uh, then it kind of like uses the other one. And so they're using two cards just for like singular photos. Um, but the right way to do it for photographers is to like have both of them like backing each other up constantly. And that should be the process throughout all the editing and everything like that too. You should always have backups. Yeah. So yeah, it's huge. Oh man, the, the workflow from day, day of wedding to actual editing is almost as intense as editing. <laughs> yeah, oh it is, yeah. And all the, like, you have to be really mindful with it too. And I, I think a lot of people um, that I've met just aren't really kind of like in that, that, that space, especially right. like um, photographers in general are very like artistic people and they're not very tech related. Um, and this is yes a generalization, like there's people out there who are, but um, they don't think about those things like, oh, what if like my you know SD card fails? Or like, what if like my computer gets stolen? Or like, what if that hard drive that I put all my, cam all my photos on gets stolen or, burns in a fire or something crazy happens you know it's just they don't think about that sort of stuff so yeah yeah as a photographer are you licensed to for anything like that like does there a liability insurance i shouldn't say license but yeah there is yeah so um yeah there's definitely insurance uh that photographers should have both to cover their gear in case it's stolen uh and then just like general liability insurance i think is a great thing 
uh, for all photographers. But I don't do know couples, if that's the question. But. Yeah, but would, they, would the couples, would there be insurance like so they would get their money back if they never got their pictures? Oh, okay, okay. If something so, happened. I guess yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, so that's, uh, that would get it, be getting into like photographers and their contracts, which, okay. um, you know, I, I think every photographer is different on that. And I've heard some horror stories for sure. Um, as far as like mine goes, um, you know, I, I am definitely a very moral person. I think if I even like missed photos where let's say, like I've heard of photographers where, um, and like a few friends of mine have had this happen where like they lost like a portion of a wedding day for whatever reason, like just something happened, their camera just, I, it's super unusual. It usually would have to do with like some sort of corruption and they weren't backing up cards correctly or like when they're transferring the fold like the folders onto their laptop they just didn't notice that there was a part of the day that was missing um you know and and that sort of stuff sucks but like even if i were to do something like that and they're missing like part of their reception like i'm the type of person and like i have this like all plastic through my website like very like you know i have a lot of integrity and like i want to be honest and like you know give mm -hmm. the couples the best experience they can have like i would 100 percent refund them like all of their money you know, and I'd leave it up to them. Like if they want, you know, to pay me any of it or let me keep any of it, that's up to them. But like, you know, even just missing part of their day would be awful. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. it's definitely not professional. No. Um, and from like a photographer standpoint, like if somebody, you know, leaves you a review on Google or wherever and they're like, hey, they lost our wedding, you know, photos. I think every couple that looks at that is going to be like, yeah, we're moving to the next one. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind sure. of like a career ending move sometimes if that were to happen. So that's why I think people just need to be really on top of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there is ways to, speaking of insurance, there's ways to ensure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like you said, dual card slots, and that's an elevation on a camera cost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gear is everything when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, it just is. Yeah. Anyway, I'm digressing big time. I oh, think yeah. we need there's... to have a, another podcast and we'll just talk about our gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like super nerdy photographer. It's going talk. over yeah. my head. Uh -huh. so I don't it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it like really like, like down to earth and really easy to understand, but it's, you could just go off crazy as a photographer. So, but I like, yeah, I think we covered some really valuable topics that may not come up in any other photographers podcasts. Uh, you know, when we interview other photographers, um, we just assume that's a done deal. Right. Yeah. And so breaking in, into this is, I think it's going to be helpful. So mm -hmm. anyway, I, there's some good value in there for sure. Yeah. So we kind of briefly touched on this, but you're a hundred percent tied to the memory of a couple's experience. So like, how do you make it a fun experience? How do, how do you get involved with a couple in their bridal party? Yeah, no, that's a good, a good question. So I think there's like a couple facets of it. Um, you know, as far as bridal party and groomsmen goes, you know, just like being like there in person, like throughout the day and like talking with them, getting to know them, like that's the biggest thing, you know, that I can do. Uh, like at the end of the day, you know, even with my second photographers, like I don't hire people where, you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to remember who, what their name was, you know, that sort of a thing. I think that's a big thing for couples and also like, especially the bridal party, you know, if they can tell you what the photographer's name was at the end of the day, like that's a big win, you know, like, yeah. you know, because it's like they want, you're not just like, hey, photographer, like come over here, take this photo, <laughs> you know, like I get that all the time from like, you know, family members and stuff and it's fine. But like, you know, when they can actually call you by name, like that's pretty, that's pretty awesome in my book. Um, you know, as far as couples go, like we do really have like a whole process of like meeting and like doing couples photos and like being with them on the most special day of their lives. So it's like, I feel like I'm really like integrated into their whole like process. And so like, I think it's really special uh, personally, you know, but um, it's definitely a balancing act because like, I don't want to like kind of going back to the whole con like consultation conversation. Like, I don't want to be that guy where it's like, they remember me as being annoying or like talking them to them all day too much. 
you know? And so there's definitely a balance between that and then being like the quiet guy over in the corner, you know, like that sort of thing. So I definitely like to be a part of my couple's like wedding day, but I don't like, I always focus the day around them, you know? And so like, um, if I need information from them or something, I'll talk to them. But for the most part, I really try to kind of stay out of their way and just let them enjoy their day. I don't really try to, you know, kind of like intervene or like anything like that. I mean, I, I definitely have known and seen a lot of photographers and heard from a lot of venues where they're like, or coordinators specifically, where they're like, hey, you know, like I talk to the couples, like, so that we don't want to like, you know, over stimulate them, you know, with information or things. And I completely get that. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, working as a team or um, just trying to like let the couple enjoy their day, that's my primary focus, you know, like obviously when I'm interacting with them, I want to be you know, like the best that I can be and like really get to know them and stuff. But on their wedding day, like it's their day, you know. We want to give a shout out to our spotlight vendor making this episode possible. So let's cue up the fun and add some life to your party with Spokane Photo Booth. Everyone's looking for some engaging entertainment at their wedding. A photo booth is a fun way to involve your favorite people and provide you and your guests with keepsakes to remember your big day. You choose the props, then Spokane Photo Booth does the rest. Their dynamic team will be at the venue for setup, management, and keep your guests engaged throughout the whole day. Spokane Photo Booth has an incredible turnaround time too. They provide you with an online gallery one business day following your event. Spokane Photo Booth is on a mission to make your wedding awesome. Use code APPLEBRIDES when you inquire at spokanephotobooth.com for 10% off your booking. That's spokanephotobooth.com. Thank you again to Spokane Photo Booth for being a part of our growing Apple Brides vendor community. How do you prepare for weddings involving different cultures? Uh, that's so. That's a good question. Um, it's been a while since I've actually like photographed a wedding with, for like a new culture or anything like mm-hmm. that. So um, I think the biggest thing is usually it's like the ceremony is what really differs, and then parts of the reception. Um, you know, they have like different events or things that are going on. Um, and so I usually leave it up to the couple. Like, it's not a question that I really ask when I'm doing a consultation, like, Hey, like, do you have anything special to your culture or anything like that? You right, know? Right. And so a lot of people usually like tell me like, Oh, like it's going to be a Jewish wedding or it's like, you know, we're getting married in a Catholic church. Like those are a little bit more standard of things. Like I've photographed a lot of those weddings, you know? Um, but I think like, if I know that it's going to be more of like a cultural wedding, then that's where I'm like, okay, so ahead of time, like, what are some things that are like different, you know, and like when we're at a consultation, it might be super general, like, oh, we have like this extra thing during the reception, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But usually I think even with most couples who do have like a cultural, like different ceremony or reception or different things they do, I don't think it's ever really come up like in our consultation, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's usually like on the day of, I'll notice like, oh, this seems a little bit different. And then I'll usually talk to like for the ceremony, I'll talk to whoever's like officiating and I'll be like, Hey, is there anything that I should know about, you know? Yeah. That I should highlight or, you know, yeah. Like for instance, like the first Catholic wedding that I did, um, like way back in the day, I was like, what should I know? And they're like, Oh, well don't go on the altar. And I'm like, Oh, well that's easy. You know, like those sort of things like that, where it's like, if I didn't know, like I'd be probably walking all over the altar, which is terrible, (laughs) but like, I just, I didn't know any different, you know? So like when I first started, I just wasn't raised, you know, with that. So I just had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like same thing with some of the Jewish, you know, weddings that I've done and, and some other ones, like some more Orthodox weddings and things like that. Um, 
just, you know, everything's just different for every culture or religion, you know, and mm -hmm. so I just have to be kind of aware of that. Usually talk to the officiant on the day of and then during the reception, um, I'm always talking to like the DJ or like the coordinator or the couple if there is neither of those um, just to kind of get like a broad sense of like, okay, so what's going on tonight? Like, so there's dancing, there's this, there's that. Is there anything else I should know? And then we're usually good, you know? And so like, I, I just kind of know ahead of time. But I think during a reception, it'd be incredibly uncommon for me to like miss something because I'm really focused on the couple during mm -hmm. that time. Right. So even if they did have something, you know, that's different for their culture, it's not like I'm going to miss it, you know, sort of a thing. Gotcha. So, yeah. But I still check in all the time. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, like Indian weddings, I love seeing photos from Indian weddings. It's so colorful and yeah. like, um, yeah, anyway, it's super cool, but I can see just getting down to the basics, like the difference between religions and mm -hmm. their, and their beliefs and the way they do things. It's good to, to know and probably even ask twice yeah. just to know it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And every like one is even different. I mean, sometimes you'll go to Catholic weddings and they're different, you know, mm -hmm. like ever so slightly. And yeah. so just asking ahead of time, like, Hey, is this like, is there anything different here? You know, like that sort of thing. Or like just asking, like, is there anything I should be aware of? Even if they tell you the exact same information you've already heard 10 times, it's still good to ask, you know, yeah. and just be safe. So it'd probably be good advice to a bride or a couple to over communicate that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, just definitely. Like, I mean, at a minimum, I think like telling them like, Hey, it's going to be a Catholic wedding or it's going to be, you know, Russian Orthodox or, you know, whatever it might be or Jewish wedding, like, and then the couple or the, the photographer can ask questions like, okay, so what does that mean? You know, like then that's probably <laughs> like, that's a good way to just kind of leave it. But if the, if the photographer doesn't ask any questions, then it probably means they've done it a few times, you know, yeah. or they feel confident, like, uh, I know what, I know what I'm doing sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, so how about your most memorable wedding that you've ever been a photographer at? Oh goodness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like that kind of, yeah, that almost gets to like what couples always ask, which is like, so tell me about like your craziest wedding you've ever been to, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of those like, you know, crazy but stories But the one that stuff, always kind of but... pops up in your head, like that you don't yeah. forget. You know, I, strangely enough, I'm more of an image guy. And so, um, usually more so than like a specific wedding, like certain images pop up in my mind when Smart. people ask me that question, like, like, Oh, at this wedding, like I captured this image and it was like one of a kind, like well, it's so it. cool. Yeah. So like, okay. So for instance, like, um, I had this couple, a uh, couple years ago, remember when Comet Neowise was coming through? Yes. Um, and so there was this couple, and I had asked like three couples. This is the craziest thing to me. I just don't understand. But it's fine. It's everybody's you know individual day. <laughs> but I had asked these couples. I'm like, hey, there's this comet coming through. I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not. You know, like, would you want a photo with it in the background? You know, because it's like their their weddings at night, and like you could totally see it, like in the you know the sky. Sure, it was really small with your eyes, but with a with a camera, it's not so small. Um, or like you can make it not so small. Let's put it that way. Right. And so I had two couples that turned me down. They're like, ah, you know, like we're not really interested, which is totally fine. It's their day. Um, but then this other couple was like, heck yeah, let's do it. You know? And, but they're like, you know, we're, we're finishing up our reception. And I knew that they were, you know, we're doing the send off pretty soon, but I was like, would you guys want to like stay after and let's meet up in this field that's nearby. I saw it before I like drove up. Can we go there and take this photo? Cause I think you're really going to like it. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. Like we're totally game. Let's go do this. And so I went and I took this photo and like the couples in the front and I like lit them with some lighting from behind. And then I got a photo of like Comet Neowise above them. And like, that's like a one in a, you know, 20,000 shot. Like you can't recreate can't that, that you know? Yeah. And like the, the, you know, the wife, you know, called me later on and she's like, I just want to let you know when I saw that photo, like I cried, like that was like the coolest photo I've ever seen. I'm posting it everywhere, that sort of thing. <laughs> 
And like, it was just like, it was awesome, you know? But um, I think the ones that stand out to me are generally those sort of photos where I'm like, hey, I have this really creative like vision. Like, do you, are you down for it? You know? And then like couples like, oh yeah, let's do this, you know? And then they, they get those photos that are incredible and unlike any other, you know, and then, um, and you kind of get the experience in it. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. Really it's a, it yeah. kind of fulfills my like creative passion mm-hmm. in like photography. Yeah. Um, it's cool. you know, cause when you are photographing like, you know, so many weddings a year, like you do kind of like as a photographer, recreate like a lot of the similar, like same mm-hmm. photos, like all the time. And so I think as a photographer, those, the ones that stand out are the ones where it's like, that was different or like my like creativity really got like you know, like, I guess, like, stimulated there was, like, wow, that was awesome, you know, like, that was, this is what I, this is why I do what I do, yeah. so, yeah. So, not only is it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, because it's a wedding, yeah. but the sunset, the comet, the starlights, whatever is available that night is also a once-in-a-lifetime, it's like a, it's like a collision course for awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, that one was specifically pretty cool, but, yeah, I think that that's what stands out to me most, is, like, more of the photos as well, like there, I'm not going to say that couples don't stand out because they definitely do. Like I definitely have had couples where I'm like, man, that was so much fun. Like we had this like, you know, engagement session, like advantage or something. And we cracked a beer afterwards and like really got to know each other. Like those sort of things really stand out to me where it's like the couple kind of takes some extra time to get to know me where it's like, they don't have any reason to do that. And I don't expect them to do that, but they Mm -hmm. did. And like, that's usually what stands out a lot of times. So so yeah. maybe I'll have to hit you up for your top five favorite photos and we'll post them on our Instagram. Oh man. Yeah, no, that would be fun. Yeah. I definitely uh, done a few things. I have a lot of like, I literally have like a book, like a leather book of like all these ideas that I've had over the years of like, if ever I get a couple with like this setting, like this is what I'm going to do. You That's know, it's awesome. like, maybe it's an impossible situation I'll never get to do, but if I do, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I, and uh, so this is a good point. Um, we, we bring this up and it actually, it comes out naturally when we're speaking with other photographers or wedding planners, mm-hmm. um, there is always this time it in the evening when the sunset is perfect and you can't just put your finger on it. You can't plan for it. You just yeah. have to be ready for it. And so would you work with the wedding planner, um, coordinator or the bride and groom, however that looks to make sure that moment happens? Cause sometimes the clouds are just right and yeah. you gotta go get it now if we're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. What, for what sure. does that look like? Um, so you, you kind of hit on the head actually that like every place is so different. And so, you know, like, uh, from a coordinator standpoint, they might know that sunset's going to be eight o'clock, you know, like, cause you can find that on Google, you, know, yeah. you can do whatever you want to find it. Um, but every venue is so different. Like there's some venues that are down in valleys or there's some that are up on mountains or there's, you know, some days where it's going to be cloudy on the horizon, but just above that there's no clouds. And so, you know, it really like varies on the day of, um, it's usually when I'm figuring that out, you know, I have like apps on my phone that'll tell me exactly where the sun's going to set and when it's going to set. So I can be like, okay, there's this like, for instance, during, uh, you know, fire season, like there's a smoke layer here. And so it's not going to set like right on time, but like the sun's going to get right above the smoke layer this time. And so that's when I'm going to do it. And so then I coordinate with the, you know, the coordinator and the DJ specifically, um, not everybody has a coordinator. So most of the time it's going to be the DJ, but if there's a team then I'm, you know, talking with all of them, um, and just saying like, Hey, this is the, most ideal time. Like I'd like to take them out this time. Let's try to fit them in, in a way that like doesn't take away from the reception and like guests aren't noticing that they're leaving. Um, generally I tell like the DJ, like, Hey, don't announce that they're leaving because I don't want people to know. And we'll be back in like 20, 30 minutes tops and people won't even know that they're gone. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Be open to everything if you want rad photos. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Lean into the photographer for sure. Well, and that's probably like, um, one of these questions about how you would pivot with weather changes and delays, and that's probably the same answer. 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's really dependent on like the time and the light and the day yeah. and everything. So, and then I think like covering bases too is really important. So like, um, I have weddings all the time where earlier in the day it's beautiful weather and then later in the day it gets rainy. And so you kind of have that like flip flop or like, um, sometimes like, let's say this is probably the best example, like maybe out at the Hagen event center, um, gorgeous place. But at the same time, like there is crazy wind that can come up sometimes. And so like, I've had couples where we get couples photos earlier in the day. And I always encourage couples to have like that, what I call a portrait session, you know, sometime before their ceremony, if they can, um, just in case it gets like rainy or something happens later on. Cause you just never know during the reception. Um, if you're going to have time, like I've had couples where, uh, you know, like I said, I always work with the coordinator and DJ. Um, there was one time actually at the Hagen on event center where I was working with the DJ and the coordinator at the time. Um, and they were like, Hey, like dinner was 30 minutes behind all this stuff was happening. Like you can't take them for sunset photos. And like, as a photographer, I'm like, yeah. like it's my job. Like I got to take them yeah. for sunset photos. And so, you know, like I said, well, you know, then I want you guys to go and tell that to the couple because like, that's my job. And like, you know, they need to know that we're not going to go do sunset photos. Um, but like, you know, and it ended up not happening, but like the couple was okay with it. So that's the big thing. Like I have to, yeah. I, as a photographer, I'm not just going to listen. I mean, to a coordinator and DJ, that sounds terrible maybe to a coordinator and DJ, <laughs> but like, it's my job to like, it's the couple's day and like, I need to do what I need to do well, to like paying, do my yeah. job. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but you know, like those sort of things can happen. And so I think it's really important to have like couples portraits or like that, like sunset photo session, you know, like throughout the day, like more than one, just because, mm -hmm. you know, you never know what can happen. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool. We need so, to yeah, we got, wrap this up. So. I got a couple really quick questions okay. and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so is there any advice from your experience that you'd give a future couple? This can be from your personal experience, from your elopement, from, mm -hmm. you know, your being in the trenches in the wedding industry, <laughs> yeah. like speak the word. Yeah. Um, man, there's, there's so much stuff, honestly, but I think like for a couple, like looking to book a wedding photographer, uh, we already covered like looking at portfolio pricing is obviously important. Those sort of things. Um, I think when you're getting together with a photographer, there's two things that I always like encourage couples to kind of like look into. Um, first and foremost, that they have a contract of some kind that binds them to your day. Uh, I get couples like every single year where their photographer backed out, they went out of business. You could name anything under the sun that's happened. And uh, they just like ran off with their money. And they said, you know what? It's not a refundable deposit. You can't get it. Sorry. You know, Ooh. and that's just kind of how it worked. And so really like diving into having like those people generally don't have a contract. So there's no legally mm -hmm. binding option. Um, you know, I think that's one of the big things first and foremost. And then also, um, on top of that, like asking the photographer, like, what am I getting back? Like from my wedding? Uh, cause every photographer of course is going to give you like images, but it's like how many images. I don't think that the number specifically is that important as long as you're aware, like if it's on the low end and they're saying, Hey, I'll give you 200 photos back from your wedding day. I think a photographer or like a, sorry, a couple should feel like comfortable with that number. Um, it's not entirely common, but it does happen. And then on, um, like first and foremost for me is that couples are actually getting back like their full resolution images. Um, because like my wife and I got married not long ago and I had the opportunity of grilling a lot of photographers in the area. And it came uh, to me that a lot of photographers actually give back what they call like high resolution images. They can say that it's full resolution or high resolution on their website, but until you ask them, you don't actually realize that it's um, actually sized for like an eight by 10 print um, or something like that where it's kind of sized down. Um, there's reasons for that. Like a lot of times a photographer wants to be able to sell prints on the other side 
And so the couple has to buy those larger files, like, like prints through them or the larger file size through them. Um, but I think the couple should be aware of that ahead of time. Um, yeah. you know, if that's going to be the case, cause I ran into photographers myself that weren't open to disclosing that really up front until I really grilled them on it. And then they're like, okay, well, yeah, like that's what, that's the purpose of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for couples, it's just really important to kind of know what they're getting. So bonus yeah. question. Yep. Here's a bonus question. All right. Do you, <laughs> do you give, um, bride and groom day after photos to post on Instagram or anything like that? Um, so I used to a little bit, um, but with how many like weddings I've had, it gets a little bit more difficult doing the day of specifically. Um, so a lot of times I will give them some sort of sneak peek within a week or so of their wedding. Uh, it's not something that's like necessarily guaranteed because my turnaround time on like weddings is really, really quick, um, in the photographer industry. And so generally speaking, like couples are getting their photos way faster than they're expecting anyways. Um, and so I definitely like to kind of like give them like those sneak peeks though, you know, cause I think it's exciting, yeah. you know, as a couple, they want to post things and stuff and having the professional images can be super fun, you know, versus yeah. just throwing up iPhone photos and things like that. Nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. those, but you know, so yeah, <laughs> I'm going for it. Aunt Betty's photos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Aunt Betty loves posting all those photos of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, where, where can the future couple, the future bride in your, in your scheduling find you? Like, yeah. So the best spot would be, um, online on my website, uh, zachnichols.com, um, spelt Z A C H N I C H O L Z. So it starts with a Z and ends with a Z. It's a little different than how I actually spell my name. Um, and then on Instagram, if they like outdoors, it's going to be a little bit different. They're not going to see as many weddings and they'll probably be confused. They're like, is this the same person? Um, <laughs> but Zach Nichols or it's at Zach Nichols so at Z A C H N I C H O L Z the same as my website. So sweet. Yeah. And we'll have you linked up on our social and, um, on, on the blog that we do for this podcast. So awesome. you, if you're, if you're listening to this, hit applebrise.com, look for the podcast episode or our Instagram, and you'll find some really cool info and photos on Zach Nichols. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. So just a quick shout out to you, our audience. Well, first off, thank you for making it through the whole episode. Appreciate you sticking with us. Um, but we are opening the floodgates to all of our, uh, listeners. If you have any guest ideas or topics or interviews, um, questions that we can answer, we'll find the right guests to get on the podcast to answer them. Email us at podcast at applebrides.com. And if you're a vendor interested in getting your business noticed in front of thousands of new brides in the inland Northwest every year, consider advertising your wedding business on applebrides.com and our other platforms. You can find us at Apple Brides on all the places, social media, our podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe to our email list. So thank you for hanging with us. And this will be our last episode for a month or so. Carrie and I are going to take a little break. Take We're, a little break. Little break. That means that future episodes coming up are going to be even better, but not as good as this one. That's right. Sure. This is episode sure. number right. ten. Hey, that's awesome. That's yeah, we're celebrating. closing down episode number ten. Anyway. Okay. Well, thank you, Zach, for coming. Thanks yeah, thank a lot. you as well. All right.